Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove the theories that you, the listeners, have at home. Y'all keep listening. We keep trying to unpack your shit. That's the deal. That's what I signed up for. I hope it's what you signed up for, too. Otherwise, this makes no sense. Why would I even uh, spend my day doing this shit if y'all don't give a fuck about unpacking your own theories? I'm your host, Langston Kerman. It's weird to introduce myself so far into something. I'm a minute in and I'm just now telling you who the fuck I am. But I imagine if you're already a listener, you know who I am. And really introducing myself is some weird formality that podcasts have to follow just in case a new person should pop in. If you're a new person, thanks for coming. I'm excited to meet you. Sorry my voice sounds like this. I regret it constantly. Anyway, today we have a fun one. We have a really fun, a very contemporary one. This one feels like it's going to be for the youth. You know what I mean? Like a very of now sort of conspiracy theory that truly I would never have given a fuck about were it not sent to me by a gentleman named Will. A dude named Will out of Pittsburgh sent me a a message. He did not want to to share his voice, which probably was a smart move. He sent me an email where he said, and I want to read you the... uh, The subject of the email, the subject of the email says cops, question mark, at Justin LaBoy, question mark, BLM, question mark. And then he goes into it and he says, peace, Lord, it's Will hitting you from Pittsburgh. And my mama told me Justin LaBoy was a FOP plant designed to take focus away from George Floyd and the BLM movement. How do we come to this? 
He says, I was scrolling through IG and saw the verdict for the sucker nigga that murdered George Floyd. I scrolled down another post and it also was about the verdict. Uh, whoa, this was about the Justin LeBoy post. And then he sent me a post in which Justin LeBoy, uh, in a very Justin LeBoy way that we'll unpack in a bit, he said, uh, he had a post on the day of the verdict that he said, I really moan when I give head, like why it tastes so good, crying face. And then a bunch of people commented under it, and uh, including Meek Mill, who said she got racks, diamond, I don't know. Sometimes niggas just talk on the internet, and I don't follow any of it. But he, Will goes on to say it had a lot more attention in either both verdict posts I saw. That's it. No real substance to this theory. Seeing those three posts in sequence, however, did remind me of the fact that I found the account towards the end of summer 2020 through some of my more ratchet loved ones on my timeline. Some of those folks had toned down a little bit, but due to the black issues and causes we were all focused on, they also seemed to take an interest in things like self-preservation, owning assets, supporting our communities, getting healthy, etc. But the account just kept going up. If you scan the grid, you'll quickly notice that the content, hilarious at times, is far from the conscious, informational, or uplifting posts that were being shared earlier last year. It's growing, and the figure himself has gone on to host parties based on the account and a TV show named after a very common phrase he coined during this same period, respectfully. What better way for cyber police to rush protest fatigue than to pull out of black Twitter into one easy to share hub for an additional distraction, make it go viral, have it host parties during the pandemic and put it on Revolt TV for the homies. Cointel IG. P.S. He is also kind of to blame for Saweetie losing her Bentley. And then he ends it. And I there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, thank you, Will, for sending me this again. I didn't give a fuck about what a Justin LeBoy was before this moment. I had worked very hard never to learn anything about Justin LeBoy or or what he possibly could be contributing to to the planet. And it, as it turns out, in doing a fair amount of research on Justin LeBoy, watching a ton of videos and, and reading up on his work, he doesn't offer much to the planet at all. And I was right to ignore this. And and frankly, Will, I didn't need you to to bring this to my attention. So I'll fuck you a little bit. But thank you again. I'm glad you're a listener and I'm glad you have some some pretty deep thoughts on what Justin LeBoy and, and people like him have going on. Now, to the question uh, for our listeners who are less familiar with uh, with Justin LeBoy, I want to dig in. I want to give you a little bit of information about who he is. The best way to start in breaking down Justin Boy is basically to explain that he is a media personality who became famous for linking up with Justin Combs, uh, who's Diddy's son, uh, Albie Shore's regret, I guess, to produce something. They produced something called Demon Time, which was an Instagram and IG live sort of event that he would host regularly and a chance for strippers and sex workers and thick ass teachers sometimes to make money dancing during the pandemic. So everybody is unable to go to their usual places where they pop pussy and instead they popped pussy on Instagram live. It's not a bad idea. 
And it, and then eventually Instagram got involved and said, hey, you can't pop pussy here. And then they took that over to OnlyFans and then Beyonce sung about it. And it sort of solidified Justin LeBoy as uh, as a figure that's never going to leave our lives. He says that he is the king of toxic. He, he, he says that uh, uh, an adult man calls himself the king of toxic, despite looking like a grown ass cinnamon Teddy Graham. You know what I mean? Just looks like a scrumptious Teddy Graham, but he says he's the king of toxic. And his most famous toxic effort came when he interviewed Saweetie on his Revolt TV talk show called Respectfully Justin, where he asked her a number of probing questions about her relationship and sex life that some argue, some like Will, argue eventually led to her split with Quavo and her losing that Bentley. Now, all of this Justin LeBoy stuff really reminds me of a thing that I think a lot of uh, light-skinned men sort of suffer from. Uh, ju the Justin LeBoy types often suffer from, which is this desperate need to convince people that you're a real nigga. You know what I mean? He desperately wants us to believe that that he, Justin LeBoy, is a real nigga, even though you can clearly tell he brushes his baby hairs with a toothbrush. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a man who wants to be more of a man and prove he's a man, but the way he wants to be a man is to do these slightly sort of like uh, non-traditionally heteronormative things like being petty with rappers' girlfriends. It's all very strange and unhealthy, and it's led us to, I guess, a political figure, a socio-political figure, a popular figure uh, who has a fair amount of influence. He has damn near four million followers on Instagram. So this dude ain't going nowhere. Now, an interesting little tidbit about Justin LeBoy is he's actually a former professional basketball player. I didn't know this. He, he played basketball overseas. And well, let's be clear. He played basketball in Macedonia, which I don't think is known necessarily for sending over the most elite NBA talent. You know what I mean? Some of those European countries. They send over some great players. Macedonia, I don't know if that's sort of their thing. Now, this I want to be clear because you guys are going to say I'm being a hater, and I am. I, ooh, I'm filled with hate constantly, and I won't apologize for the personality that I've built. But that said, you're going to say I'm being a hater, and I want to be clear that I personally cannot make most professional basketball teams in most countries, right? I'm not confused about where I stand professionally as a basketball player. But if I had to try out, I'm putting Macedonia at the top of my list. You know what I mean? I feel like everyone in Macedonia hoops in leather toe sandals and on the sidelines they serve olive-flavored Gatorade. You know what I mean? Just just a thicker, olivier Gatorade for, <laughs> for people that just love uh, Macedonian culture and, and Mediterranean foods. That's, that's the vibe I get from Macedonia. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. 
my friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. From iHeart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. And all of this setup about Justin LaVoy and, and Macedonia really takes us to a much more important issue. The larger issue and question at hand that will serve us, is there a chance that Justin LaVoy is a plant for the fraternal order of the police to distract us from our racial uprising? And there is in relation to this question, because there's no way we can prove whether or not Justin LaVoy is working with the police. Is he built like a police officer? A little bit. You know, where they're like kind of buff and kind of chubby at the same time. He's got that vibe. But that doesn't necessarily prove that you're a police supporter or a police collaborator. It just means uh, maybe you got to tweak your diet a little bit. And all the, you know, the sexy ladies who are sitting down on this couch to talk to him about messy shit probably aren't helping him feel any less confident. So he'll get chubbier and 
eventually will forget who he is. But that's neither here nor there. In relation to this question of celebrities connected to federal organizations, there is a history of celebrities working as informants for various law enforcement agencies. That's right. There's a there's a real history here in this country. Al Sharpton, for example, was allegedly an informant during the 80s for the FBI because of his relationship and eventual recordings of the Genovese family which actually helped lead to the takedown of some of their most powerful bosses. Now, Al Sharpton denies this. He says he he never informed on the Genovese family. But mm, based on his weight fluctuation, you can tell that Al was stressed about something. You know what I mean? He was stress eating during a certain period, and now he's got a lot less weight on his shoulders, and it's probably because he put all those nice crime bosses in jail. Beautiful crime bosses. Crime bosses that we wish were still out in the streets serving up fun crimes instead of Al Sharpton, who uh, I don't know what he contributes anymore, but, you know, he's out. Anyway, there's also Apollo Nita, who I'd never heard of before in my life, but is apparently one of the husbands of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't know which one. I'm not going to watch the show. Why would you ask me to do that? I have enough going on in my life, but apparently Apollo Nita allegedly stole the identities of more than 50 people and laundered more than $2.3 million. And after he got caught, he agreed to work undercover for the feds for a reduced sentence. Similarly, and well, this isn't similar at all, but the maybe the most glaring example of sort of this FBI collaboration is Walt Disney. Did y'all know that? Hmm? I don't know why I would pose that as a question. You can't answer back, but it's a nice time for you to think to yourself. This sort of feels like those Dora Explorer moments, you know what I mean? Where she kind of goes like, where's the boot? And you got to like sit there and be like, bitch, you know where the boot is. Just tell me where the boot is. But it's a participatory thing. You got to, you know, you got to play along with Dora and her stupid fucking monkey. Anyway, Walt Disney was actually an FBI informant and a Nazi sympathizer, but more importantly, an FBI informant. And during the height of his career, he actually reported various Hollywood celebrities who he suspected of being communists. And in exchange, this is my favorite part of this story. So Walt Disney's snitching on all of his peers, all the people who are also working in the exact same field as him. And in exchange, they allowed him to shoot the Mickey Mouse Club in FBI headquarters in Washington. You understand how crazy that is? M-I-C-K-E-Y-P-O-L-I-C-E. That's right. Mickey Mouse and the club were shooting in the fucking FBI headquarters, and there was nothing we could do about it because if you complained, this motherfucker would be like, you're a communist, and then they'd beat you with sticks or whatever they did to people in the, the 30s through 50s. This was, was a wild time in America. Anyway, even if we're considering the idea of informants on a much smaller scale, you can see the informant or sort of like the collaborative energy coming from people like Lil Wayne, right? Lil Wayne was swayed by the platinum plan, Trump's platinum plan, even in the wake of a national uprising just to get himself pardoned for whatever he had done. The point is, do I think Justin LeBoy is working with the police? No. I don't. I think the police, frankly, can do better. 
I think what's more likely is that Justin LeBoy, like a lot of these people, represents somebody who just doesn't give a fuck. They do what they want to do for their own success and their own comfort and whatever attention they can garner. And with that, they are willing to sacrifice community and comfort and the well-being of, of everyone around them, even if those people look like them. And that's part of the problem that Will even sort of covers in his email to me when he says, and this is this is a very key part for me, when he says, what better way for cyber police to rush protest fatigue than to put all of black Twitter into one easy to share hub for an additional distraction? The fact that black Twitter falls into a singular category is an intentional move on the part of some of these media outlets. Even the fucking, just the government as a whole, they want us to exist as a single body, even though a lot of us don't intend to work for the greater good of that single body. And we, like fools, keep following this trend of like wanting to focus on a single black narrative when the single black narrative doesn't exist. It's, it's a gross little cycle that they put us through. And people like Justin LeBoy are just another example of a motherfucker that I would never vibe with a day in my life if I met him on the street. But somehow I'm meant to have a connection with simply because we're black. I don't know what the answer to this is, but I know Justin LeBoy if he gets pulled over, they'll, the police will beat the shit out of him because I've watched his talk show. His personality stinks. So with that, I don't know. Stop worrying so much about the connectivity of black people and just worry about being kind to you and yours. You know what I mean? Just build community that matters to you, not just because somebody looks kind of similar. Because me and Justin LeBoy, whoo, we look pretty close and I don't care for that at all. Anyway, that's everything that I wanted to say. If there's a person that you want me to burn bridges with, uh, <laughs> some celebrity that you want me to ice on my uh, much less successful show, then please send me a message at mymamapod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, your conspiracy theories, your thoughts, your drops. I am getting lonely and I need to hear your sweet, sweet voices. Also, and I've been pretty reasonable about this for the past year. I've been real cool. I every at the end of episodes, I say, please, will you subscribe? Please. It would mean the world to me if you would if you would write a review. But you know what? It's been almost a year and fuck that. Fuck that. You pieces of shit. You better subscribe. Press the subscribe button right now or I'll beat your knees. Or I'll beat your knees in front of your grandmother. You hear me, you piece of shit? Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe and then write a nice review, you garbage fuck. I'll, I'll bite your nose. You hear me? I'll bite your fucking nose. Okay, I hope you learned your lesson. I'll miss you. Bye. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport and together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.